Good morning, friends. Wow, that doesn't always work that way. I'm very impressed. My name is Mary Miller. I am the executive minister for the American Baptist branch of your family. Um, American Baptists have 260-ish churches across Massachusetts um, and worship each weekend in 11 different languages. Our diversity is a source of our joy and our strength. I also love to be worshiping in one of the churches that is a shared church. Um, we have uh, in American Baptist Churches of Massachusetts, I'm, I haven't counted lately, but I think about 20 churches that we share with the United Church of Christ, as well as uh, three or four others that we share with the United Methodist. And I'm fond of saying that churches like yours and those are a preview of heaven when we will all gather together across the lines of denomination among others. I want to thank you for your partnership with us in the work of the gospel and I noted in your bulletin this morning that uh, you are encouraging young folks to attend our camp at Grottenwood, which is also where our region offices are. And I can tell you that the folks at Grottenwood are excited to be gearing up for basically a full schedule this spring and summer for the first time in two years. Um, it's going to be a great summer, and if you have young folks in your life, they're going to be blessed if they have the opportunity to be part of our camps. Now, I, I thought I would get this out of the way. You may notice that my face is a little battered, and uh, I wanted to tell you um, why. Uh, as I was visiting one of our churches two weeks ago, uh, coming in, I hooked my heel on the edge of the mat and pitched forward and hit my eye on the edge of a stair. And I know, right? Even telling the story makes me cringe. Um, and I tried my best to cover it up, but it's pretty hopeless at this point. Uh, nothing is going to take care of this but time. I do want to express my gratitude to the Lord and to the faithfulness of God's people because in the beginning it was... Um, not clear whether I would regain the vision in this one eye, and um, God is good. I have regained most of it and have every reason to believe that I'll regain it all. Um, I still have pending a little surgery to uh, replace the orbit of my eye that broke in that fall, um, but uh, in terms of the most critical pieces, I'm very grateful for how good God has been. Um, I will tell you this, you know, the Lord gifts each of us differently. And I always wish when I do some sort of a thing and injure myself that I had a really cool story to tell. I was climbing El Capitan at Yosemite. No, I'm just not very well coordinated. I was talking to a friend the other day who is a physical therapist, and she said, in physical therapy, we would say that you have dyspraxia. I said, what, what is dyspraxia? She said, well, it's a nice way of saying clumsy. 
The truth hurts, but it's pretty accurate. So it's a joy to be with you today, my, my first time back uh, following this uh, little incident, and it's a joy to be with you. This morning, someone asked me uh, when I had been here before, and I can't remember exactly when. I've been executive minister for six years. I think it was three or four years ago. Of course, nowadays, we date everything by pre-pandemic. You know, that's sort of a dividing line in our history, and I suspect it will be until the day that the Lord calls us home. Um, we're going to remember these years and the time that we have lived through together. If there's one thing that all of us have learned during the pandemic, it is the reality of uncertainty and fear. Through these past two years, we've been on a roller coaster of good news one day and bad news the next, more of the latter than the former. Some of us have faced sickness. Many of us have lost loved ones. Others have lost jobs, and all of us are dealing with the reality that there is going to be no going back to the way things were. Even now, as the pandemic, we pray, is waning, we have inflation, we have huge cultural shifts, we have this terrible war in Ukraine, and as yet, no clarity about the ways that it will no doubt impact us. Nuclear war is being discussed on the media. And if that doesn't scare you, nothing will. A word coined during this era that I love so very much is the word doom scrolling. The tendency that we have to keep surfing through bad news, even though the news is saddening, disheartening, or depressing, and most of it is. We just can't help ourselves. And you know, the fears and the uncertainties have led people to some bad attitudes and bad behaviors. I think about how through these years some people have responded in generous and loving ways. But then there's the other ones. We see it in the upsurge of conflict, division, rage episodes, plane, train, and automobile, self-centeredness in many forms. I remember the confessional prayer that I learned as a child. We have walked away from neighbors in need wrapped up in our own concerns. And we've all been there. Whatever you might believe about the inherent sinfulness of humankind, that's a sermon for another day, it's pretty clear that we all have a bent towards sin in all of its many and varied forms. In our scripture reading today, we find Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, 
grieving at sin and the ways that people have turned away from God. The city of Jerusalem was at the heart of all things religious and political. What does it mean for Jesus to weep over the city that is, many scholars remind us, at the center of Luke's story? From Jesus' childhood visits, which presumably continued through his lifetime, to this great drama that is about to unfold in the time we call Holy Week and Easter. Jerusalem is no ordinary city, but one that holds the presence of God in its temple, or at least it has long claimed to do so. In the midst of this, Jesus shares his great longing to gather the people together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Jesus, in the scripture we read today, compares himself to that mother hen who will do whatever it takes to protect those baby chicks from the menacing fox, even to the point of giving his own life in the hope that they will be spared. In terms of the natural world, the hen is no match for the fox, not really. And yet that is the way of the gospel, isn't it? The way of love and sacrifice over power and domination courage over simple bravery, the willingness to stand up to in the face of violence that threatens. It's curious, though, that Jesus chooses the mother hen as his example and model. I mean, if you've had any personal relationship with hens, you know that they are clumsy and messy. They are not, for example, the majestic eagle of Isaiah 40. So why did Jesus choose the mother hen? Barbara Brown Taylor describes the small chapel situated on the slopes of the Mount of Olives called Domunus Flevit which is supposed to be in the place where Jesus wept over Jerusalem. The current chapel was constructed in the 1950s, built in the shape of a teardrop, with a magnificent view over the Temple Mount of Jerusalem. On the altar is a mosaic that is said to date from the 7th century, a mosaic of a hen and her chicks with the words from Luke 13 that we have heard today written around the edge. In the mosaic, the hen has her wings spread wide to protect her chicks. 
but naturally the spreading wide of the wings puffs out the chest, the chest and makes the hen appear even more vulnerable. That's the way of Jesus, turning every single one of our ideas and conceptions about him upside down. What will he choose? Lion or hen? First or last? Vulnerable or victorious? Throne or cross? He surprises us at every step. As Barbara Brown Taylor concludes, Jesus won't be the king of the jungle in this or any other story. What he will be is the mother hen who stands between the chicks and those who mean to do them harm. She has no fangs, no claws, no rippling muscles. All she has is her willingness to shield those babies with her own body. And if the fox wants them, he's going to have to kill her first. That's the amazing God who, who claimed me, the amazing God who laid down his life for me, the amazing God who told Herod, tell that fox I've got no time for him now. Today and tomorrow I'm busy cleaning out the demons and healing the sick, and on the third day I'll be wrapping things up. Jesus not distracted from his tasks, not diverted from his aims, but serving, 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 giving, giving, giving. This indeed is a very vivid picture of what Jesus longed to do for Jerusalem and for everyone for that matter. Jesus chooses the self-sacrificing hen as his model. And yes, you and I are the little chicks who seem at times bent on ignoring the efforts of the one who would save us from all that would threaten us. And this is really where this image finally comes home. We enter this story as that brood of chicks who are scattered and distracted and unable somehow to comprehend the very real danger that threatens them. Jesus' lament over Jerusalem is also over you and me and the world which all too often still refuses the gifts that Jesus would so freely give us. As we gather in this season of Lent, we know fully our need for repentance. And it would appear that our primary sin is what it has always been, our unwillingness to stand still in the presence of God, to simply submit to and receive and live into all the gifts that God intends for us. Shouldn't be so hard. But it seems that I'm always prone to slipping into thinking that I am enough, that I know better, 
that I can do better or at least well enough on my own. But God wants you to choose to draw close to him. The word often tells us that this is God's continual desire to gather us together under his wings. As James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. God wants you to be close to him now in this life. That's what it means to walk with the Lord and to do life together with him. He said that he would never leave us or forsake us. He told his disciples, I am with you always. Jesus wants us to choose him now and in the life to come. Romans 14, 8. In life and in death, we belong to God. Barbara Brown Taylor also reflects on the way Jesus gathers us together rather than letting us be scattered like little vulnerable chicks. We are the body of Christ together, she writes, not all alone, not each of us in our own private little spiritual life. You know, we, we call this place where we gather together the sanctuary. And haven't we missed it during the time we could not be together here? The word sanctuary is also one we use to describe a place where animals are protected. We come here seeking to meet God and to know God's presence with us. You know, some people come to church to look for a place to hide from the world, a place to escape from the cares and worries of life a place where they don't have to think about all that stuff on the news. But our churches should not be a vacation from the rest of life. The purpose of gathering together in a church should always be to help us to go back to our everyday lives, not to escape from them. And so it is that being part of a church means being more open to involvement with the world. To turn toward the world, inspired to share, inspired to be just, to include rather than exclude, to heal and repair and strengthen, to protect the vulnerable, to care about one another and to show respect for every person. It seems to me that the value of being part of the church, the value of being a follower of Christ, is in the identity that it gives us. We're no longer just any people. No, we are God's people. And we are not alone. We have God as our constant companion, that doesn't mean that nothing bad will happen to us. 
but it means that when bad things do happen, we have someone to turn to. If we come together seeking shelter rather than escape, if we come with the intention of finding God's presence in one another, if we come with an attitude that provides safety for other people, then we too shall find safety. We too. Let us pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for these powerful words that speak to us across the ages. Help us to draw close to you and find shelter under your wings. Help us to draw together as your people and to always make room for one more. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.